BC, those after the birth of Christ, AD. Everything in history is dated from that momentous time when Jesus stepped into human history. Every newspaper, every magazine, every legal document bearing a date gives testimony to what we are remembering this morning. A man was once asked what he thought of Jesus Christ. And he replied that he really never thought of him. And so uh, the questioner said, uh, when was he born? And uh, the man replied immediately, on Christmas Day. And so the questioner said, was that uh, B.C. or A.D.? And the, quest, uh, the, the answer remained silent. He said, uh, was it B.C. or A.D.? We are remembering again the occasion when God literally stepped into human history. When was that? Well, we don't actually know the date. It's celebrated as December the 25th, but that was something that the Pope of the time decided for a particular reason that needn't interest us this morning. We don't actually even know the exact year for sure. There's a little verse in the New Testament of the Bible that says this, When the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman. So when did God step into history? When the time had fully come. Well, we can certainly say it was about time. It had been a long time coming. The first promise that God was going to do something had been at least 4,000 years before Jesus came. It had been a long time since that first promise. And there were real problems in society at that time as there are now. The Jews were under real pressure, especially from the Romans who were imposing heavy taxes on them. And even in the Jews' own religion, there hadn't been a prophet speaking from God for 400 years. After all those prophets in the Old Testament, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and so on and so forth, now for 400 years, God had said nothing new. They certainly needed some good news. Why hadn't God done something before? Well, on many subjects connected to improvements in our lives, we could always say, why not before, in the area of inconvenience, in the area of medical advancement? Why not before? Well, perhaps they come at the best time. So firstly, it was about time. And then secondly, it was a good time. And although we've mentioned that the Romans really oppressed the Jews of that time, and no doubt other nations as well, they also brought great improvements. I was in Rome some years ago and near the Colosseum, and I saw there three maps built into a wall, indicating the growth of the Roman Empire at different times in history. And the third of those maps on the wall showed the empire just around the time of Jesus Christ, and it was vast. It covered most of the known world. And what many of those countries even today have to thank the Romans for is the network of roads that the Romans built. Now, I'm saying it was a good time because there was no better time to get the message out 
because of communications that were improved by the Romans. And in addition to that, the New Testament that we have before us was originally written in Greek. Most people in the world either understood or could actually speak Greek, and therefore it was a good time, wasn't it, to have the message spread around the world in a language that most people were able to understand. It was about time. And it was a good time. But above all, it was the right time. Because it was God's time. God took the initiative. When the time had fully come, God sent his son. In the Old Testament of our Bible, there are at least 300 prophecies or promises about the coming of the Messiah, who we believe was Jesus Christ. This was the one that every single Jew was longing for and hoped that would happen in their lifetime. But of course they had their own ideas as to what type of Messiah this might be. The Jews in Roman times hoped that when the Messiah come, he would deliver them from Roman oppression. There hadn't actually been a king in Israel for years and years and years. The, 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 the Jews had always been under the oppression of someone. The Babylonians, the Medo-Persians, and then the Romans. And the Messiah, when he comes, he'll deliver us from this and restore the kingdom to Israel. And then there was that long, that I've referred to, silent period, expressed between the gap in the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament. No prophets from God. No promises from God occurred for 400 years. And then this baby arrives and fulfills in his life and in his death every one of those 300 recorded prophecies about the coming Messiah. Any person who had knowledge of the Old Testament scriptures, anybody who was looking forward to the Messiah would surely recognize that this was the one. And it was nothing less than spiritual blindness that stopped them seeing that Jesus was the one who'd been promised. Just think for a second of those figures. We're told by the experts that for just eight of those prophecies to come true at one person, in one moment or one period of time in the whole of human history requires astronomic calculations. It would be the equivalent of one in 10 to the 17th power. That is a 10 with 17 zeros after it. That's the odds of just eight prophecies coming true in one person at one point in the whole of human history. And if we can't imagine those numbers, let me use an illustration. It would be similar to covering the British Isles with 10 pence pieces to a depth of 20 inches, marking one of them, blindfolding a man, and asking him now, he can go wherever he wants, but what he has to do when he bends down is pick up the coin that you've marked. 
And the chance he would have of doing that is 1 in 10 to the 17th power. And we're only talking about eight prophecies out of 300. And if the critics say, well, of course, what Jesus did was actually fulfill those promises himself. He made himself the Messiah. And in many respects, you could say that that was possible. But it's very difficult to arrange the place of your birth. And that was one of the prophecies. God keeps his promises. 4,000 years of history have passed to show man that he doesn't have the answer to his problems. All of man's efforts have failed. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son. And then the writer adds, born of a woman. Well, if you were to use my name and say, Derek Cleave, born of a woman, well, you would say, why add that? There's no other way in which you can come. So why add those few words here in the New Testament? Born of a woman. That important statement confirms that this person who existed, existed before his physical birth into the world. God sent his son. Why? What was his father told? Call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And so we're reminded yet again this morning that the reason for his coming is the fact that the real problem in the society around us is the problem of human nature. It's the problem of the human heart. Politicians, sociologists and others endeavor to analyze why society is as it is. And the diagnosis isn't difficult. The heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. Many years ago, a question was asked in a daily newspaper. What is wrong with the world? And uh, the author, G.K. Chesterton, responded sent a letter to the newspaper in answer to that question. What is wrong with the world? It was a very brief reply. Dear sirs, I am. Yours faithfully, G.K. Chesterton. What's wrong with the world? I am. You are. The heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. We need a change of heart, and that's why Jesus came. And he dealt with that by paying the price for our sinful human nature when he died on that cross. He provided new life through his resurrection from the grave. In order to be able to do that, he had to be the one who was the God-man. As God, he was sinless. Anyone else... No one else could pay the price for sin because they're sinners themselves. He's the only sinless person who ever lived. But, of course, as God, it was incapable for him to die. But in becoming a man, he not only remains sinless, but he is also able to pay sufficient penalty for your sin and for my sin. That's why God sent his son, and that's why Jesus came. When the time had fully come, God sent his son. It was about time. 
It was a good time. And it was the right time because it was God's time. Last evening, my wife and I watched a a little film uh, on the TV that was based in the days of the Great Depression in America in the 1930s. And there was one particular family that struggled to put food on their table like many others. This particular family had no money for luxuries. One day in their little town, posters went up to tell the inhabitants of that town that the circus was coming. And the boy in the family wanted to see the show, but his father told him that he'd have to earn the money because they couldn't afford to get him a ticket. And so the boy had never seen a circus, and he worked very hard to get together sufficient money to be able to buy that ticket so that he could see the circus. And on the day the circus arrived, he went to see the performers and the animals parade through the streets. And then he watched as a clown came dancing over to him, and the boy put his ticket in the clown's hat. And then he stood on the pavement, and he waved and he cheered as the rest of the parade passed by. Couldn't wait to get home and tell his parents about what he'd seen and how exciting the circus was. His father listened and then he took the boy in his arms and said, Son, you didn't see the circus. All you saw was the parade. And that story is a parable of Christmas. Too many get excited about the festivities and they miss the main event. Today, let's remember to take time to think again about what happened in a humble stable and what the birth of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, brings to us. Let's pray together. Our gracious God, very often the word thank you seems inadequate And yet that's exactly what we want to say this morning. We thank you for showing us just what we were really like in our own human nature. And how negative that would have been merely to show us ourselves in our despair and in our desperate need. But we do thank you that at just the right time you sent a provision for our spiritual need in the person of your Son, our Savior, the Lord Jesus. And we thank you that you demonstrated your love for us in that while we were sinners, that same Lord Jesus died for us. And so as today we think about of him in the cradle, we pray that you will also remind him that that one, remind us that that one who was in the cradle was the one who eventually went to the cross for sinful men and women. Help us to understand that. In all of the festivities and the joy and the fun of today, help us not to forget the real reason for the coming of the Savior of the world. And we ask this in his name. Amen. Amen.